Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China. Where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired Broken charging stations could be stalling the EV movement. Range anxiety is bad enough, but even when they find a station, drivers often have to deal with broken equipment. By Ariane Marshall. Matt Hirsch has long loved the idea of electric vehicles and first leased his Hyundai Ionic in 2020. He even installed a charger right next to the driveway of his suburban Boston home, where he does most of his topping up, but lately the relationship has started to fizzle. Sometimes he takes longer trips, forcing him to use multiple apps and websites to meticulously plot out the charging stations on his journey so he doesn't get caught without a charge. One frequent drive to a brother's home in New York often takes him by a station run by Electrify America in the Massachusetts town of Chicopee, where he often finds some, if not all, of the four available plugs broken. It's a vexing situation for Hirsch, and he worries about the effects that broken and slow chargers will have on the nation's wider electrification project. It's hard to convince someone to change their behavior unless the alternative is much easier and much cheaper, he says. Right now, that's not always true for electric cars. Range anxiety, the fear of being stuck somewhere without a charge, has prevented some Americans from seriously considering electric cars as a viable option. They worry a charging blunder will leave them stranded on the side of the road. More than a quarter of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions stem from the transportation industry. Policymakers argue that mass adoption of electric cars will be vital to combating climate change. Last summer, the Biden administration made it a national goal to have electric vehicles account for 40% of all car sales by 2030. But if the U.S. is to pull off a transition to electric vehicles and other greener transportation alternatives, it's going to need a lot more charging stations. The vast majority of electric vehicle drivers today do their charging at home, and the country has nearly 46,500 public fast chargers, which can typically charge a battery in 20 to 30 minutes to fill the gaps. But it will need 180,000 of them by 2030 to cover more of the U.S., predicts the International Council on Clean Transportation. Plus, 856,000 more level 2 chargers, which are cheaper to install but take longer to charge up a car. U.S. governments, states, municipalities, and above all the feds, 
seem willing to spend a whole bunch of money to get there. California, whose governor has pledged to phase out gas-powered vehicle sales by 2035, has poured hundreds of millions of dollars into building out its charger network. New York has pledged almost a billion dollars to the effort. A federal infrastructure bill passed last year dedicated $5 billion to a network of half a million chargers alongside interstate highways. But based on their track record, it's not clear whether any of those new chargers will work for as long as they need to. It's hard to find definitive data on public electric vehicle charger maintenance or how today's chargers are performing in the wild. Companies that build chargers tend to say they have a 95 to 98% nationwide uptime, an industry term meaning the tech is charging or ready to charge. But talk to an electric vehicle owner for a while, and you're likely to hear complaints about slow or broken chargers. A recent survey of 181 San Francisco Bay Area public charging stations, partially funded by the nonprofit Cool the Earth, suggests that 23% of them might be non-functioning at any given time, stymied by broken screens, shoddy credit card or payment systems, network connection failures, or damaged plugs. Only half of the functional chargers tested by the research team successfully completed a payment transaction with just one swipe of a credit card. A 50% success rate in any other retail transaction would not be considered acceptable, and it shouldn't here, says Patty Monahan, a commissioner of the California Energy Commission, in an industry meeting earlier this month. A survey of EV drivers by one California agency found more than a third of them, and nearly 60% of those who said they used public chargers, had encountered non-functioning ones. 16% had run into payment problems. Nearly half had needed to call customer service for a charger-related issue. While the people who build and maintain electric vehicle chargers say issues aren't as widespread as the anecdotes suggest, some acknowledge that slip-ups come with any new technology. Charger problems are a first-generation thing that was industry-wide, says Michael Farkas, the CEO of Blink Charging, which owns and operates charging equipment. I don't think it's as prevalent today. But when it comes to charging equipment, a lot can go wrong, and a lot of different people, institutions, or companies might be responsible. First, the power electronics have to function, and utility companies have to get the electricity to the charging station. The station then has to maintain a stable internet and cell phone connection, so the charging company's software can monitor what's going on, and automakers have to make sure their car's software can speak to each kind of charger on the market. Charging companies like Electrify America and EVgo run their own test labs so that car manufacturers can ensure their vehicles work with their charging equipment. But sometimes bugs slip through the cracks, says Rob Barossa, the senior director of sales, business development, and marketing at Electrify America. He says the issue comes up less often than it did two or three years ago. Even when charging points work, there can be payment issues, which car owners say can be the most frustrating part of the whole experience. Credit card machines break, or the screens become illegible under strong sunlight. Many companies require drivers to create a login to use their stations and encourage drivers to use tap-enabled membership cards or download proprietary apps to smooth the transaction. But these can also fail to connect. Sometimes drivers themselves make mistakes because they don't know how their new cars work and can cause occasional physical damage to plugs by pulling or shoving too hard if they don't have the right adapter. Others arrive at chargers to find they're incompatible with their vehicles, Tesla's supercharger network is one of the most thorough in the U.S., for example, but its stations are compatible only with Tesla's. 
Even if stations are serviced regularly, nature occasionally interferes. A charger repair technician working for the company Charger Help recently found a wasp's nest snuggled into a charger's electronic guts. The company's co-founder said at a recent industry event, Dan Woodward runs Legwork Local Delivery, a small all-electric delivery company in Portland, Oregon. The business is, above all, mission-driven, motivated by Woodward's ton of anxiety about climate change, he says. But his work has been stymied by shoddy Level 2 public chargers, including ones that were earmarked as operational on online maps but didn't hook up when his team arrived, and others that were vandalized, their connectors severed. Getting stuck without a charge can be not just frustrating but kind of scary, he says. So the company has invested in building its own mini-charging network around the city, one at its HQ, one at Woodward's own home, and another, he admits with a laugh, at his parents' house. Running into broken chargers is so discouraging, he says, because if somebody who is driving an EV for the first time has trouble charging, I do think those experiences can really make a negative mark and discourage someone from buying an electric vehicle. Getting a broken charger diagnosed can be its own challenge. For one thing, it can be difficult for charging companies to determine from afar whether a charger is broken or whether it's just not being used that often, a not uncommon predicament as Americans slowly adapt to the new tech. What's more, not all early U.S. charging station projects set aside funding for regular check-ins or maintenance, said Thomas Ashley, vice president of policy and market development at Shell Recharge Solutions, in an email to Wired. Some early projects did not require the companies installing or managing the chargers to maintain a certain level of reliability or uptime, he says. Even in today's charging infrastructure contracts, where uptime or reliability requirements exist, they're generally not strong enough to meet driver expectations and are not granted sufficient budget for longer-term maintenance needs, Ashley says. Some state governments are trying to get smarter about building chargers that work. The California Energy Commission, which oversees charging-related policy in the state, now requires companies to track and hand over information about how often their equipment is offline. California is also working with other states to come up with nationwide maintenance standards, though the process has just begun. The U.S. Departments of Transportation and Energy are working together to hammer out standards for federal infrastructure funding, that $5 billion dedicated to building out electric vehicle chargers, a Federal Highway Administration spokesperson said. Fixing a charger is its own issue. More than half of charger problems can be resolved with a remote reset, says Lance Sabo the America's senior vice president of service at ABB, a Swedish-Swiss firm that builds and operates charger networks. But other problems need to be looked at in person. Charging companies say they are still building out their networks of employees and subcontractors who know how to diagnose and fix chargers, and that many more workers will be needed. Part of the challenge here is that it's a really young industry, Sabo says. His company has been in the space only for about a decade, he points out. But... If anyone wants to meet climate goals, charging will have to grow up fast. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. 
You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.